0: Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. I'm your host Al Smith the Pipe Padre and uh, today I've got my School of Sheen hoodie on because I feel like sharing the wisdom of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen and uh, every so often we get uh, someone who uh, dedicates one of their uh, I want to say apostolates to Archbishop Sheen. Uh, Tonight I'm going to have on my show uh, a young man named John Welsh who runs Overt TV and some of you may know him from the Catholic Late Night Show and so of course he's uh, asked Archbishop Sheen to uh, oversee his apostolic work Uh, but he has a very unique um, um, I want to say ministry in that he's been speaking about uh, pornography addiction and uh, the many trappings uh, for young people uh, today and so uh, i know many of us uh, struggle with vice and uh, i've been sharing for years this uh, great wisdom from archbishop sheen victory over vice and uh, he's taught many of us to um, make some exchanges Um, you know we exchange a lot of times um, our lives to just be a slave to the lower loves These lower loves of the earth, uh, food, drink, pornography, but he invites us every day to choose the higher loves the Blessed Virgin Mary, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sacraments, all of these beautiful things. So uh, we'll discuss a little bit about our choices today and uh, talk a little bit about evangelization with our guest, John Welsh. So uh, I'd like to bring onto the screen uh, a new friend of mine, John Welsh from Overt TV. And, uh, John, Welcome to Hungry for More.
2: Thanks, Alan. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Well, John, um, again, some of you have know of John Uh, anyone who's been uh, attending a number of these virtual conferences uh, are starting to see John appear as he speaks about uh, pornography and the challenges that face many uh, not just men today but men and women and uh, he's developed uh, what I'd like to call a video series a little bit of a a community uh, to have just a discussion because I think it is the elephant in the room a lot of times Uh, uh, we know what's out there we know pornography is real but we never really want to tackle it and uh, John's been tackling it so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about his story and uh, his ministry and uh, of course uh, we invite uh, you to ask some questions if you wish Uh, and that's the beauty of this uh, engagement today so John uh, maybe you could introduce uh, yourself to the world here the people that are tuning into hungry for more and uh, give us a little bit of background story.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Alan. So I uh, I'm a cradle Catholic, born and raised, uh, middle of seven kids. So uh, you know, if there's a Catholic cliché, it applies to me. I was homeschooled. Um, you know, altar server, all the classics. I actually worked for the Vicar Journal of Indianapolis of the Archdiocese of Indianapolis in high school. Went to Franciscan University of Steubenville. Like I'm literally all the boxes you can check, right? Um, and uh, and what's funny is I'm another box you can check that I think a lot of people don't know that most. I'd say most men my age that are Catholics that had the upbringing I did have also checked. And that's that about nine years old, I got involved in pornography. And, uh, ever since then, it's been, you know, an on off battle. Um, and, uh, you know, mostly on for the last seven, seven years or so. And, um, and eventually I just got to the point where I realized that God was asking me to, uh, to make that more public. Um, my partner, Patrick, and I had started a, um, had started our show our, our channel over tv we'd started our show catholic late night and i just felt with that this call to uh to begin to be more open about my own journey and my own whatever you want to call it struggle grapple battle whatever my efforts at eradicating porn from my life and what's been really interesting is that the more i've done that the more uh the more i've come to realize that as much as i thought it was a problem i, I didn't know the half of it and so as i've uh, as i've tried to share my own story, I've come to learn that there are far more people my own age and younger that are dealing with this than I even possibly imagined. And so it's been, uh, it's been really, it's been really beautiful. It's been amazing to see how God's worked in it. It's also been a little bit discouraging at times to realize that both just in my own journey, but also just to see that there are so many young people that are caught in this. And, um, but at the same time, it's it's amazing because there finally is that light getting shown on this on this thing and, you know, what you're doing, what I'm doing. There's a lot of people who are starting to realize that this is something we can't just kind of brush under the rug anymore.
1: Right. Do you feel like it's almost like a coming out of the closet um, in the sense that, you know, I think really how many people, you know, go in front of a microphone and say, hi, I've got a por- pornography addiction. It started at nine years old of age. I started with a cell phone. Like how many people really want to be that candid, that honest? Because, right. um, you know, again, I, I think people are, a lot of people are applauding you which we, you don't really care for the applause because you're just saying, right. I wish there was people that was doing what I'm doing in my life years ago. Uh, right. We, you struggled alone, I'm sure, for many years. So. Right. Tell us a little bit about your story, because I think that will help a great deal of people that are watching understand what's happening to young people today. Because I come from a generation where, you know, pornography and magazines and all that stuff was in society, but it was really hidden. It was kind of you had to go really go search for it. But now it's. It's just there. So, uh, what right. happened in my childhood versus what happened in your childhood is totally different. So, uh, maybe you could share your story with us.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you hear pretty much anybody. I, I think that there's definitely a, a shift happening because even today, whenever I hear anybody publicly talk about their stories, I I, I use Matt Frad's drive. I've been running on Matt Frad's Drive 21 program because I've been checking it out. and It's really good. But he had somebody who shared their story. I think it was posted on the Covenant Eyes website. And he was like, you know, I got into porn the way most people get into porn. And then he talks about like the magazine story. And I'm like, this story is out of touch. It's vastly out of touch, right? And it's a sign of a different generation of porn addicts, right? And I think I even talked about this a little bit on my Immoral Combat Conference talk that I did. But there's a difference between the porn addict of your generation or even like the Gen X, you know, up to like the top of like, probably up probably above 30 years old. There's a difference between that porn addict and the, and the porn addict of the, the modern porn addict. And that difference is that, they got into porn because they found a magazine somewhere they had to go buy it on a videotape they had to you know it was not that easy to get a hold of and in most situations a lot of these people really were able to actually like get access to porn regularly when they were adults right and their brains had really matured a lot so maybe they were in their 20s and they started getting into porn and maybe they got addicted for a few years and realized there was a problem and they stopped right that's not the same thing as these children who have a smartphone they're developing a smartphone addiction already their brain is literally being, being stolen from them when they're 10 years old. And then you add on top of that that they find porn. And during the most formative years of their life, as their brain is literally learning how to develop a worldview about how to understand their existence, it's got porn just getting dumped into it constantly. You know, it's a different world. Their brain is actually forming. It's actually hardening around pornography, right? So that kid gets to 22, 25 years old and realizes, I got to get this out of my life. That's not the same as somebody who got into it at 20 because they've been looking at this since they were nine, since they were seven, it's been 13 years, it's been 15 years. And they're going, I got to stop. And their brain is going, no, <laughs> we're not stopping this, right? Imagine if you'd been dumped, imagine if you'd literally been shooting up heroin since you were seven. And that's, and that's not a, that's not an exaggeration. Porn is more addictive than heroin, right? It's more addictive than cocaine. It, it's insanely addictive, addictive, not just because of the substance addiction, but it's more addictive because heroin doesn't replace heroin doesn't give you a feeling of being loved and that's the real problem here alan so there's really this bizarre cocktail that's getting mixed in the catholic world it's kind of weird you have to really understand a couple of different things i know in my generation probably most of the kids my age were raised by parents who didn't want to talk about sex right so you've got like the christopher west of the world who were trying who who were trying to fix that problem right they were trying to help people stop seeing sex as bad well you've got like the boomers who all were afraid to tell their kids about sex because they grew up in the summer of love and they didn't want to talk about it and they thought that if they just kept quiet their kids wouldn't ask any questions and it wouldn't they just would not care about it or wouldn't want to know about it well the exact opposite of that happens their kids all thought why don't you talk about this thing why every time sex is ever mentioned do we do we act like it's a dirty word why every time there's any kind of promiscuous scene anywhere do we turn it off on the TV and no one talks about any of this and no one tries to teach us what's true and I never, you know, no one ever teaches us what sex is and you know, I there are people, there are people a few years younger than me that, you know, have told me they didn't learn about sex till they were 18, right? That's a huge huge problem, right? For a traditional Catholic household to raise a child to 18 years old and never tell them about sex is a major issue, right? So you take that and you and then you combine that so so not only are they not being taught about sex but they're actually developing a very unhealthy view of sex, right? And they actually believe that it's bad. And then you couple that with the fact that they can find pornography on this thing at a moment's notice. And you combine that with the fact that their parents had no idea what was like, that that was possible and didn't do anything to protect their children from access to this thing. Right. And you just got this kind of, this kind of disaster waiting to happen. And so it's not really a question of how did we get here? That's really obvious. (laughs) It's really obvious how we get here. We get here by putting cell phones and, high-speed internet access in the hands of children without any protection whatsoever while teaching them to fear their own bodies. That's how you get here. How we get out is a completely different story, and that's the thing that I'm more interested in.
1: Yes, and uh, I think... You know, when I've listened to your story and you have a great video series that you've put onto your channel, and uh, of course, we're going to put the links in the show notes so that people, after this interview is over, can go and watch a number of the videos that you've put together. And what we love is that you have some nice, um, smaller, uh, shorter videos that just talk about uh, certain topics and make you make it very specific and uh, you know i don't think anybody can really sit down and watch a one-hour program necessarily you know every right. day of the week but those little uh, sound bites that you give uh, that talk about the issues and I, one of the issues you talk about is your parents and um You know my my children are 30 29 and 28 and uh, they're very open and honest with me we've had uh, a great relationship talking about all issues but uh, that's not the norm in families Uh, a lot of times there isn't that discussion but um, let's talk a little bit about that because i think i know in your um, mission that you're really making a plea to parents to say to parents love your children embrace them help them um, all of these things because again what porn was for my generation is different for your generation. But um, I think, I think a lot of people want to hear that. So let's talk a little bit about parents and children and coming clean, coming out, talking all this stuff. So I'll give you the floor.
2: (laughs) That's a that's a massive topic. And we so want to you know, the <laughs> physics of interstellar travel real quick, John. But uh yeah, I mean I think there's there's a lot of different issues. Like there's a lot of different pieces of this of this puzzle. You know, my wife and I have spent probably the last well, never mind <laughs> my son's three and a half, so we've spent since he was born. Um well actually even before that point point. So so actually, okay, let's let's try to find a good starting point. Before my wife and I got married, I actually kind of had a mental breakdown. Um, And when that happened, she and I kind of, I like broke up with her. (laughs) I had like a a month-long period where I was like mildly psychotic. And by that, I mean like I had no idea what was going on. Like I was having like legitimate like panic attacks. Like I was freaking out. It had something to do with like ending college and not really knowing what I was doing with my life. But also like I'd went to school for four years about – to, to be, to do, to go into media and then like, you know, realize that wouldn't actually be able to support a family very well. So I was like, it was just kind of a very weird time. And, um, through that, I was able to see that I had some pretty obvious like emotional and mental problems. I'd actually gone to counseling the year before that, which had kind of shown the light on some things, but it really brought home to me that I needed to, to make some serious headway into whatever was wrong with me. And so my wife actually had a book My my then-fiancé, or uh, my, we weren't even engaged yet, my then-girlfriend had a book that her dad had read that he said was great. And it was called The Secret of Staying in Love. And it's by a priest. I forget, I'm going to forget his name. I think it's on my shelf over here, but it's by a Jesuit priest back in the 80s. And it's actually one of the best psychological books I've ever read, which is you know, interesting because it's not really a psychological treaty, treatise, I suppose, but it, it really works that way. And That book opened my eyes to kind of the concept of loving yourself. And through that, I was able to understand the relationship that our childhood and the basically the stories our parents teach us about ourselves, what that does to us like as adults. Right. And that kind of really started my own journey of trying to basically untwist myself, I suppose. So when our son was born, we'd already started to do some of that work. But I very quickly found more things coming out of me in response to having a child that were definitely unhealthy, you know. Um, And in my serious desire to not do the same things to my own son that were done to me, my wife and I just decided we had to just dive into this, right? So we've just done a lot of reading, a lot of educating ourselves on the proper way of raising children, how to show them love, how to teach them love, things like that. And what we've really come to understand is that Uh, most of the kids our age never stood a chance, right? I mean, the way the parenting habits of 90% of parents, but certainly of like the boomer generation, without them knowing it, but but they're like the worst things you can possibly do to a child, like the just the things that we were all told, right? The, the putting of, you know, like, creating all these principles for kids and having all these rules and the expectations of, you know, sitting quiet in church. And, you know, I thought God hated me until like a year ago, Alan, right? Like, deep down in my core i thought god hated me and, and a part of that was the fact that when i was you know 5 and i sat in church i got spanked if i didn't sit quiet in church right so what did that teach me about god right god doesn't love children right cuz i didn't know what i was doing i couldn't sit still i would have been classified as the most add kid of possible when i was 5 right and uh, right so so there's there's just a million pieces of this puzzle and so when you when you understand that like what porn is doing for young people is it's filling it's filling a hole and that's why it's that's why it's so much worse even than something like a hard drug right um because these these kids aren't just getting a high they're not just finding dopamine in porn they're finding themselves they're finding the only thing that makes them that that basically takes the pain away and that pain being unlovability right they're not lovable And so the reason why this, this is all kind of become the focus of what I've been talking about a lot is because I have young people coming to me saying, John, I can't tell my parents, you know, a few years ago, it turned out that somebody I knew was, was looking at porn. And my parents said, we could never talk to that family again. So I can't tell my parents that I'm struggling with porn. Right. Or they'll say, I know if I tell my parents that they'll kick me out of the house or, or I don't know what they're gonna do, right? And in some cases, maybe they will, in some cases, maybe they won't, right? I tend to think that the parents actually will be more understanding, but that doesn't matter, right? Like we have a problem, and that is that no one wants to talk about this and no one wants to believe that it's their kid. And here's the other thing that's a problem too is, like you know probably better than I, Alan, how many of these kids' parents are looking at porn, right? How many of these kids when they go to their dad, right? And their wife might not even know, which is really insane, right? Because all the women should just be, (laughs) it's like, let's just assume guys, like, don't leave your husband, but let's, let's, let's just start working on this together. Right. It's like, that's my whole thing is like, let's just blow the lid off guys. Can we all just stop pretending that this is not affecting 75% of the human population, whether you're Catholic or not. I've got, I've got high school girls coming to me saying that all of their girlfriends are looking at porn, Catholic girls, right? I mean, I'm hearing about I'm hearing about um forums at Seton Home Study School. Okay, that's that was my alma mater, right? It's a it's a it's a uh, it's an actual school in Virginia. It's where 50 percent of the Franciscan population went to school, right? Went to high school, but it's a it's a it's a homeschooling program, right? There's forums of there are forums of students that are being they're putting together outside of the school because they all know each other and they talk on like their school boards and they're putting together groups porn support, support groups, boys and girls right? How many of these parents know what's going on? How many of those kids' parents are looking at porn? Right? It's ridiculous. Like, this is silly. We need this, this, all the pretenses need to drop. All the priests need to stop making, like it all needs to stop. Like the whole culture of let's not talk about it. Let's pretend it's not happening. Let's get angry and, and shocked when this comes out. Like we created this problem. It's really simple to see how we got here. like, we got to just drop all the pretenses and start moving forward with fixing this thing.
1: Amen. Amen. And uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people squirming at home going, you're right as parents and uh, Archbishop Sheen um, said that many times. He would talk about juvenile delinquency, one of his most popular programs in the 1950s. Um, So of course everybody tuned in, Oh, he's going to be talking about juvenile delinquency. Okay. Maybe. And how to fix this. And what he did within those 20 minutes of that program he basically turned it and said the reason why we have so many juvenile delinquents is because of the parents taught them that behavior taught them that behavior and it's like he went oh (laughs) yeah it's like and i think this is where we have to be honest to say our you know uh, you know a lot of the parents we haven't cleaned up our act ourselves and We somehow think, oh, we're homeschooling our children. We're sending them to Franciscan University of Steubenville. Um, Everything's going to fix itself. You're going to get an infusion of Christ. You're going to just really get a great spiritual director, a great uh, group of friends, and you're going to be spared this great uh, uh, scourge that your parents are going through, right? And that's that's not the case. But um, good to hear that, um, again, there's help if you want it. There's help if you want it and parents need help too. So let's talk a little bit about some help because, you know, people, I'm sure reach out to you, John, all the time and say, John, where do I start? Like, I mean, I've got AA books. I got all these different 12 step right. books. Um, you know, I'm an addict, but <laughs> I don't say it. No, I'm not an addict. I don't like that. I always say my wife and I talk all the time about never say you're an addict because really what you are is your sinner, And right. it, basically you're choosing to say Do I want to let that sin master me or do I want to, with God's grace, um, overcome that sin? And I think this is a healthy discussion to have too about that label of, you know, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an addict, I'm this. Well, no, uh, Fulton Sheen would say, no, you're a sinner and you need grace and you need help and help is there. And there's many saints that overcame struggles with sin and chose the higher love. So let's talk a little bit about things that can help. And um,
2: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I've I still haven't beat it yet, right? So that's what's funny is I mean, that's the funny thing about this is it, that's the other thing that makes me you know think that it's a different game than it used to be because, um, I I mean, I've been working at this for a long time, and what's interesting is that you know I've found that the emotional health has been much more effective than than the programs, right? it's about what's wrong with me. Right. I mean, I'm realizing I was having a conversation with my, uh, with my business partner last week, you know, I'm realizing that there are, there are areas of my life that I'm still emotionally like a three-year-old, right? Like I can get up in front of people and say, yeah, I, I have a porn addiction and I I'm working on this thing. And, and I can think that that means I'm like vulnerable and stuff, but like, I can't tell my wife that I'm like worried about money the next month or something. Right. I can't tell my wife that I'm you know, scared about some client leaving, or I can't tell my wife that, you know, I don't know what, right. I I can't be, I can't be vulnerable about like the real stuff. Like I can be vulnerable about things that I guess I don't think matter to me. Right. My point is that, um, that emotional health is, is huge and everybody that's, everybody has problems with their emotional health. It's just, how do you deal with it? And there's actually something that's really interesting to know. I mean, there is a profile of somebody who deals with porn addiction, I think it's why a lot of us kind of, whenever we see another one of us that has either been through it or is going through it, there's kind of that camaraderie that that we recognize. There actually is the profile. People who deal with 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 uh, specifically porn addiction tend to be intelligent, super sensitive, and have a very high sense of like moral right and wrong. And that's very interesting to know, but it's but it's true. It's you know, there's that's kind of a data point you can find when you look at, you know, cross-wide swaths of people who deal with this kind of thing. And so what that tells you is that everybody who's a porn addict is looking for something. They're trying to fill that same hole, that missing piece inside of them. And so the reality is the only thing that can really fill that hole is God, but we are a body and a soul at the same time. We're not a body and a soul. And I think that most Catholics, modern Catholics, are dualists. I don't think they understand what it means to be a body and a soul. It's another big number, I think, that, you know, a lot of the boomers did did on, the, on our generation. I don't mean to just rat on them. I just mean there's a lot of these leftover ideas that are very pernicious, and one of them is this concept that we are like a spiritual nature and a bodily nature, and the spiritual nature needs to, like, conquer the bodily nature, and that's not it. That's not it at all. They have to be integrated, right? Whatever affects our body affects our soul and vice versa. And so you can't heal your soul. You can't live you can't become holy when your body is broken. And your mind is as, as much a part of your body as anything, right? I mean, your your physical well-being affects your spiritual well-being. So as much as so if you're broken inside, if you are believed you're unlovable, if your image of God is that he's a tyrant who hates you, how on earth can you how on earth can you fall in love with that God? How on earth can you be the person you're supposed to be when you don't believe that you deserve love? How can you be a spouse that you're supposed to be? How can you uh, you know, be the parent you're supposed to be? How can you uh do anything, right? And certainly, how can you love yourself enough to want to not be a porn addict anymore, right? So it all starts there. It all starts with our image of God, which then comes back to our image of ourselves, right? The reality is we can only know who we are reflected in the eyes of somebody else, right? I really can only know love when I look at you, Alan, and I see that you love me, even though you see exactly who I am, right? Well, God's the ultimate embodiment of that. But the reason we don't want that from him is because we don't know who he is, right? So when you spent your whole life growing up thinking that God's this tyrant who wants to crush you, and again, I'm kind of generalizing here, but I think this is probably the, the it's, it's most likely the story of most people who deal with porn addiction, right? I've, I've heard enough of it from people and 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 seen my own experience reflected to, to be able to say it's very likely that this is what most porn addicts are going through if they're Catholic, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with, as you say, your self-image, what you think of God, and... Um... Again, am I lovable? Am I lovable? I, I think of how Mary Magdalene was the Blessed Virgin Mary's, um, I want to say, uh, they, she escorted her to Calvary. I mean, they're together. I mean, and, and I've always uh, just clung to that, that, that image that's there, that Mary Magdalene knew that Mary was the refuge of sinners and that she knew that Christ redeemed her and restored her, and the power to uh, make all things new, and uh, to truly, really feel Christ's love for her, and uh, God's love for her, too. So I I think this is where I think a lot of people don't tap in to Calvary, they don't tap in to the Blessed Virgin Mary as the refuge of sinners, and um, is it something that you would recommend To people that call you, I know that uh, a lot of times they'll say, can you recommend some software for my phone, you know, be it (laughs) Covenant Eyes? Can you recommend, um, you know, a book for me to read? But a lot of times what I recommend is the cross, is the Blessed Virgin Mary, and uh, to go to her. Because uh, Fulton Sheen had said so many times that if you're trying to become holy, if you're trying to become pure, you can't do it without her. You need her. and. uh, do you have a, a a Marian has, has Mary kind of come into this journey with you? I think, you know, you've read some good books, you've got some good stuff and you're always learning. You are a lifelong learner, but uh, where is that journey with Mary for you? Yeah,
2: it's a good question. And it's one of those things that I know that it's funny. I, um, I've been recently reflecting on, like growing up, my mom has always had a great Marian devotion. So, I mean, I've been I've done the the total consecration probably two or three times, I think three times at this point. Um, My business partner and I have consecrated, you know, our business to Mary. Like she's always been a part of my life. But what's interesting is I've just begun to realize that I've had a hard time seeing her as my mother. And I I think part of that is, you know, some issues with my own mom, right? Like I've worked through a lot of my, I've worked through a lot of my issues with like seeing God as a father. Like my dad was gone a lot when I was a kid. And, uh, when I went to, when I went to actual therapy with a Catholic psychologist, he helped me see how like my image of God was, was reflected in that a lot. Like up until I was about nine or 10, my dad really was gone a lot. Right. It was not his problem. It was not his fault. He had to travel for work, but that impacted me. Right. And it made me see God as being distant. I think that some of the issues my mom and I used to butt heads a lot were pretty much opposite personalities. And she was trying to raise, you know, five, six, seven kids without my dad around as much whenever I was, when I was young. And I'm beginning to see how, I think I, re, I think that I kind of shy away from the idea of looking at Mary as my mother. And it's just funny that you bring that up because it's been something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. The rosary is always, I've always tried to make the rosary a big part of my life. And in fact, I'm going to start um, reading pieces from Father Michael Gately's consecration to Mary, 33 you know, Days to Morning Glory on my Friday live streams so that the, you know, our community can start to get some exposure to that. And I'm going to start praying a decade of the rosary either before or after each of those episodes, but I know for my own personal life, I haven't been, I haven't been putting that trust in Mary that I should, you know, like, it's like, well, you know, I try to say rosary every day. Okay. But it's like, am I really, am I really giving this to her? And I think that a big part of that is like, you, you might, you may probably, you probably have better experience on actual, the actual practice of, you know, Mary and devotion than I do. But what I've been finding to be very interesting is, you know, I spent so much of my life, especially dealing with my porn addiction, trying to like pray to God to help me like fight my porn addiction. And what I realized was that I think I was doing it backwards. Like I think what I was supposed to be doing was praying to God to help me do the things that I needed to do to beat my porn addiction. Does that make sense? Like, I know that sounds kind of funny and kind of like obvious, like a big one recently speaking in terms of like things you can do is I've been getting way more serious about the concept of accountability, right? Like I've always tried to tell people and like asked for help or whatever, but like realizing that I literally can't do this alone. And that, that, that also extends to Jesus and Mary, right? Like I can't do it alone, but I also can't do it alone physically. Like I need the people in my life. And I think that a big struggle of mine is opening to them. Right. So it's like, I'm trying to incorporate Mary by saying, look, Mary, this is really hard for me. I don't like to tell somebody I want to look at porn. (laughs) So help me. Right. I don't want to do that. It hurts. It's embarrassing. Right. And I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm bothering them. It really, it impacts my, you know, my view of myself. You know, it's like, I should be able to do this on my own, whatever it is. Right. So it's like, instead of going, Mary, save me from porn. It's like, Mary, help me be accountable. Like, like humble me, right. Help me to take the help that's offered to me, right. That kind of thing. Does that make sense? And I think that that's really the way that God works in our lives.
1: Right. I mean, as you grow in the, I want to say, the journey with uh, the the full consecration to Mary, um, to to Jesus through Mary and Montfort's consecration of being a slave to her. um, Right. You you truly have to buy in. And Fulton Sheen has taught me this very well, is that um, you literally have to bring her into your life and uh, let her take over and become your protective custody um i have a chair here beside me that she sits on when i'm glued to the computer for eight hours you know and you know i can see her i just hear her little voice saying what you watching what did we get don't be going on youtube come on right. get back to the program and uh, you know right. that, that whole thing of really living it but i think for me the crucifix is what I call my conversion story, because, you know, um, it's like anything, you journey through this, you want to become pure, you're wrestling with it all your life. Many good priests have said, you know, as long as you're alive, and well, you're going to struggle with this. But you need some go to points. And for me, it was the crucifix. And um, I remember kind of thinking, uh, as I was reading Sheen uh, talking about the sin of lust, and uh, he just said, remember, our Lord became unfleshed for in reparation for the sins of the flesh. And so his, every time uh, people fall into the sin of pornography and masturbation, it's like you're literally ripping another piece of flesh off of Christ, and there you go. And I have these visions of the Blessed Mother just seeing our Lord's flesh drop in front of her. And the wound to her heart and we have to say we have to own that and I think sometimes you know it sounds very graphic and drastic but when you really start to love someone you're saying I don't want to hurt you I don't want to wound your heart anymore and I think that's what many men have uh, said is their cure it was like this whole thing of I'm tired of hurting her I'm tired of hurting the blessed mother's heart because her heart was wounded because of my sins of the flesh and so because people are saying i don't care what you do or what you say just help me give me a technique that's gonna help me get over this and so this whole idea of going to mary going to Mary, you can't do it without her and as i said you know the chairs beside me uh she's she's guarding me she's in the car riding shotgun she's there because she wants us. You're in the grocery checkout line, mom's with you. Like, and this is what Fulton Sheen did is that he kind of showed me by example of how he thought of her often, knew that she was helping him with all the things, his talks, his uh, interaction with people. Um, he felt his, her presence. And I think when you do the Montfort consecration and you say, I'm your slave, my body and soul, my goods, both interior and exterior, and the, even the value of all my good actions, past, present and future, leave right. you the entire and full right of disposing of me <laughs> and all that belongs to me. You truly have this, I'm chained to her. In a beautiful way, so right. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense. Like you got, you are.
2: You gave me, this. yeah, man, one hundred percent, Alan. Yeah,
1: and I know um, it's
2: it's true. Yeah, go ahead, go yeah. ahead.
1: No, but I think really, you know, I mean, this is a journey that I've been on for a long time. I too am, you know, come from a large Catholic family. I know the homeschooling thing. I know the whole stuff. And again, it's you, you hear it, you hear it, you hear it from your parents, but you don't embrace it maybe in your youth, but as I got older, I started to realize that is the formula that works, that works. And when you finally embrace it and live it, uh, you have some victories and that's what's beautiful. But realistically, people are saying, I'm not ready to do the Mary thing yet. I'm not ready to do the sacramental thing. Can you help me with a few books, a few techniques, a few secular ideas? to get me there. And then maybe we'll ease into the Jesus very Joseph stuff. So right, um, t- tell us a little bit about that. I mean, we're going to take a short yeah. break soon, but how about, okay, let's do a little break. <laughs> let's, let's, let's catch our breath. Don't you know, get me. Don't and,
2: tell me to start down a new topic before the short break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll come back to this because I think, you know, we know that God is the answer and uh you know that's kind of sometimes people leave it to the end no 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 we'll start off with the beginning god is the answer and without him we can't do this we can't overcome this stuff we need grace and especially the graces that come through the blessed mother so we're at the fiat ministry network you're here with hungry for more and we'll be back in a few moments here uh, with our guest john welsh from overt tv <laughs>
2: Hey everyone, it's Anne DeSantis here to tell you about my new online TV show called Journeys in Faith. Thanks to Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who'll share with all of us their journeys in faith. It's going to be great, and I can't wait for you to be introduced to some truly good people who are working hard to bring deeper faith to others. It's all about relationship with God and living out our mission as intentional disciples. Join me on Friday's Eastern Time for Journeys in Faith, 8.30 to 9.30. Subscribe at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on both Facebook and YouTube. I'll see you Friday and have a great week.
0: God bless. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hungry for More here with my guest today, John Welsh and uh, from the Over TV network. And um, John, we were talking about you know, pornography, the Blessed Virgin Mary, our parents, Fulton Sheen, a little bit of everything. Uh, but let's um, kind of keep, you know, keep talking because this is, again, yeah. what I think you do best is you're having this conversation with the world about Pornography and that it is the issue of our lives. Let's be honest; it's it's affecting 75% of of so many. I mean, the population. It's the elephant in the room. It's all these things. But um, you know, we want to tell everyone that you do have your own YouTube channel. You have a ministry. I love you. Do a weekly show called. Your life is still worth living, or something, something like to that nature. Your life but of course, living, yeah. st- life is still worth living. Yeah, life is still worth living. And um, so, tell us about some of your projects. I know you want to do a book, and um, yeah, um, you know, we want we want people to plug into you and um, join in the conversation because I think this is this issue is not going away. It's not going away. In fact, with this whole COVID thing uh i'm sure that yeah, it's, this thing getting is worse. getting worse so uh the conversation the healing the therapy needs to continue so tell us what you're doing tell us what you're up to
2: yeah yeah so we my my partner and i started over a little over a year ago we've been doing catholic late nights since may of 2019 um that started as a show that was just supposed to be us kind of we, we wanted to build um we wanted to build some kind of community for young people that was talking about things that we feel like people don't talk about a lot <laughs> in the Catholic world. So we talk about pretty much all the taboo topics. Um, what we found, and, you know, I don't know how this, I don't know how relevant this is to what, to what you do or what you've you know found to be true. But I found that when it comes to the mainstream voices in the Catholic world, it's, it's kind of like the mainstream media in the secular world. There are acceptable things you can talk about and there are viewpoints that are you know upheld as the viewpoint and there isn't a whole lot that goes on on outside of those things right and so um a lot of things we talk about are related to the relationship between men and women right how feminism has poisoned the minds of a lot of men and women in the catholic church and how completely contrary to church teaching that is and to a authentically lived catholic marriage Um, we do a lot of talking about preparing for marriage as young people right our audience is, is high schoolers and college kids right like maybe under 25. 25 at the oldest, right? Like we try to keep it fun. We try to keep it light. We try to keep it um, comedic, right? It's our, it's our brand. We didn't want to do anything serious. We don't like, and by that, I mean uh, like stoic, right? We talk about important topics, but we always make light of the conversation. Um, and so it's it's been good. We're coming up on 2,000 subscribers. Um, we've grown pretty quickly, I guess. I don't know how... <laughs> not how fast you grow, but it seems crazy that we've been doing this for over a year and that we're almost at, I mean, I remember when we had eight subscribers and I was like, this is going to take a while, <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, it, it's moving a pace. We have, you know, we have regular viewers who tune in, you know, every single week. You know, it's a small group of like five to 15 people, but we have people who show up every single episode, right? And that's, it's cool. We're, we're building something. Um, you know, we have Patreon subscribers. Um, you know, we're working on a book for men, and then I'm working on a book. I'm working on a, I want to write a couple of books, but the first one I'm doing is basically what I consider to be like a field guide. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's called the right now, the working title is the fight of your life. Um, you're, you know, something like, you know, uh, the Catholic handbook to porn recovery or something like that. And it's basically me just sharing what's worked for me. And I don't mean that it will help. I don't mean that it'll make you recover, but if you knew me four years ago, or if you knew what went on inside my head four years ago versus now, I may still struggle with porn addiction, but I'm a completely changed person. Right. And just even my attitude towards myself, like it's so vastly different. And those are those steps are all necessary. Right. Like it's it's very slow going. And I used to look at the eradication of my porn addiction as the goal. And when I started looking at like the small steps as the goals, it completely changed everything. Right. So it's like I can look back and see progress now. So I don't feel like I'm stuck because even though I'm still still dealing with the addiction part, I can look at my life and go. I'm a, I am a, I am a much better person. My life, my relationship with God is better. I'm a holier person and the addiction can't take that from me. Right. And so, um, yeah, that, that's kind of what that story, that's kind of what that book is. I'm probably, I don't know, three fourths the way through writing that. I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm done, but you know, I'm trying you know, try to see if I can get it published. Um, and then, uh, and then from an overt TV perspective, we're about to launch a new website called Overt Magazine, which is going to basically be a um, a Catholic aggregation website. So people can write articles for Overt Magazine and they'll get put up. And then our long term plan is to actually create a physical magazine that we mail out. Um, and so that's always been something we wanted to do. I feel like especially for young people, they're hungry for physical media again, something they can put their hands on. They're tired of all the digital crap. And the whole point of our whole show was to get people out of that, right? So it's like, you know, we're using media to get people off media. That's kind of you know, the, the paradox. But we want to put real things in people's hands. We want to give them an alternative to go to um, that, isn't, that isn't just more of the, I don't know, what I would just consider establishment and Catholic viewpoint, right? um we're willing to talk about topics like this we're willing to tell people things they don't want to hear um we'll have we have guests on that are definitely outside of probably the the normal sphere of um you know what uh, what most catholics would consider to be you know catholic thought leaders or whatever you want to consider right um and it's been good it's been great god has definitely worked in it it's been really cool to see it grow but that's kind of what we're doing
1: yeah, I think you 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 said it well when you said you know it's kind of it's the lineup. We we get stuck with the lineup. It's like you know you you type in porn addiction, all you get is Matt Frat. You know it's kind of right. like there's other voices, and um, and you've been adding to those voices. And um, you know people always sometimes question, well, who's your spiritual director, and do you have? you know your right. local um you know, are the franciscan's behind you or the dominicans behind you or and so i think you must get those type of questions but um you know i think you always look to say people ask who is your spiritual support or do you have spiritual support to your ministry um i don't know it's just a question i i'm going to ask yeah. you I, I one of our 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 um <laughs> you know people in the chat room have asked me that question to say you know who, what priest are behind him? What movement, like, where does he get his stuff? And because I think right. everybody's a critic, right? Everybody's critical. Yeah, oh, 100%. You know? and, and I'll be honest, sometimes I'll watch your, your videos and go, let me think about that for a while. <laughs> you yeah. know, I gotta, I gotta go back and check my notes. And, and I think this is the whole thing, at least, you know, we can correct each other later, but at least it gets us thinking, what do I believe? What right. do I believe? And I think that's where it's very healthy, uh, to have that conversation. But, uh, yeah. so people, people ask the question. So they're asking yeah. who, spiritually who's behind you. What's, you know, you talked about your mom for consecration and your background, but, um, you know, what, and you've had some priests on your shows and you've been talking. Yeah. So,
2: uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in early on, we, early on, we brought on father Jonathan Meyer, who's been a good family friend of mine for, uh, for years. Um, and, uh, so he's he's a he's been on twice. Um, I don't know if we've had it. Have we had any other priests on the actual show? I don't think so. But we have our Ask Father Anything series. So we actually have a series on our channel where we just post videos of priests explaining things. So we have uh, the two priests from Patrick's diocese or from Patrick's parish in Tennessee come on the. Sh- they, we have a channel called Ask Father Anything, and so it's quite a. At this point, we're up videos on there. Um, they're just answering questions. A lot of them are about mass. Um, some, just like how to go to confession, right? Like just anything and everything. It's literally ask father anything. Um, we're always asking folks to submit questions. We don't get a lot of those. So we just think of them ourselves. But if people want to have questions answered by a priest, we'll answer them. So they just email, email them to over and we'll put them into our series. Um, but uh, <laughs> what's funny is, so Patrick and I got invited to go on Father Dwight or Father, uh, D- what's his name? Dave Dwyer? Father, is that the busted halo guy? Father Dave Dwyer? I think so. Father Dwyer, anyway. On Busted Halo out in New York. And so we went on his show. That was back in September of last year. So we went on his show out in New York. And uh, afterwards, we had some we had some lady jump on, uh, on one of our YouTube videos. and Or maybe she sent us a message on our Facebook. I can't remember. But uh, she basically said that she thought what we were doing was great, but that we needed to go get... She said, do you have any credentials? And then she sent us, like, links to some kind of, like theology accreditation thing that we could do so that we had like some letters behind our name or something like that and I just had to chuckle a little bit because like first of all I don't have credentials and I I won't ever have credentials because I don't care about them like we don't say anything that we don't check with the church like I don't need credentials I have 2,000 years of church teaching like most everything we talk about on our show we look up encyclicals and church councils on before we talk about it like we don't We don't just like talk about stuff with our own minds. Now, sometimes we'll discuss things where it's like, what's your opinion on that? But that's never like, here's what the church says, right? When we say, here's what the church says, it's what the church says. And that's what's been fascinating is that our own, our own faith life has been enriched so much through this process because a big one was that what has been this whole male, female thing, right? And a lot of people, it's probably, you know, probably one of the biggest areas where people may watch our show and be like, are these guys crazy is some of the stuff we'll say about the way that men and women are supposed to relate to each other in, in you know, a healthy Catholic marriage, and, uh, and what's funny is like, there was some stuff that we started out being like, no, that can't be, that can't be what the church teaches, and then it's like, uh, well, according to X number of popes and three church councils, yeah, it's totally what the church teaches, right? And so uh, it's just been really edifying for us as well. But I mean, the answer is, um, the answer is, we will never say anything on the show about Catholic teaching that we have not verified as Catholic teaching. So, and that's easily verifiable through things like the catechism, plenty of Pope writings, right? Whatever it is. And what's even more interesting is that the same people who, you know, point the credential finger are like the best at, and I'm not, it's not a, it's not a knock. Like I, I get it. I understand why people have that mindset, but those same people I find are the ones who are really, really good at taking things out of context themselves, right? Like they, they're like, where's your credentials? And then they'll like misquote some Pope and like pull one sentence he wrote out of like an entire paragraph and use it in the exact opposite meaning he meant. Right. And I just find it interesting because I think that, I think that the credential concept is a little weird to me because like, I suppose the credentials could mean you spent a lot of time studying the church, but at the same time, like if you asked me a question right now, Al, I could Google it. And find out what the church says about it in about three minutes, <laughs> and then I could answer you, and it wouldn't be John answering; it would be two thousand years of church teaching answering. Yes. And that's what I think is interesting: is we we think of topics we want to talk about, and then we look up what the church says, and then we tell that to our audience, right? Uh-huh. And so it just is funny to me when people are like, "So where'd you get that from?" And I'm like, "Well, maybe you're the one who doesn't understand. Maybe you need some more credentials, right?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I sometimes say they're letters and I, you know, I, I, I get this all the time too, because people always say, well, wait, wait, okay. Gas man. Right. I, what, Pipe Padre, like, a, oh, when, when we were you ordained, you know, and stuff like this, right? So, because again, this is all part, but I say to this, okay, my, my three adult children have all gone to school, and, um, you know, I always say my money and my, my daughters went to these universities, and, um, but anyway, um, you know, I talk to my daughters, and I say, okay, so you got your Bachelor of Arts in Humanities, my other one got her uh, Bachelor of Arts in um, Psychology, and so you went and you got your 10 credits every every year. And at the end, you got 40 credits and you applied and you got your BA, okay? Um, for me, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen wrote 66 books. Uh, here's 10 of them behind me. There's the other 56 behind me here. Uh, 20 years of manuscripts from television and radio. Um, I've read them all. So I have my Bachelor of Sheen, I always just say. Right. I have enough reading here in this head that would yes. give me a bachelor of arts in Sheen. So I I'd got give you my, a freaking
2: doctorate, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I've been trying to get one of those uh, honorary degrees. Right. But I got my B Sheen. Okay. So right. <laughs> I got my bachelor. You got a real BS. <laughs> That's why I made up hoodies, man. I got my own school. Okay. The school of Sheen. I I'm just the Porter. My title is Porter. I'm the doorman. I let people into right. the school of Sheen. But again, the Lord used fishermen, tax collectors, tent makers, um, yes. all these things. So you're in good company, John. Um, you may get a degree one of these days. You never know. You never know. But again, this is what is so important is that people realize it's not the letters behind your name. A lot of times it's who's behind you. <laughs> it's who's yeah. behind you. And so you've got a lot of good people behind you. And of course, lots of heavenly help. So uh, John. 100%. Hey. Thank you for joining me on the show. So um, you'll get the last word here. Give us a few more plugs of how people can find you where uh, you, could, I think you're on still every week, every Friday afternoon yeah. with your show. And I think you're coming up with some other stuff up in the future. So give us uh, where we can find yeah, so you. So
2: next, so next, t- uh, next Tuesday, we'll be starting Catholicly and end up again. We took a six week hiatus. My, uh, my partner got married And, uh, so we just took a few weeks off because we have been doing it for a year solid. So we'll we'll be coming back on Tuesday. So every Tuesday and Thursday at nine o'clock, uh, we, we go live on YouTube on Catholic late night. And then, uh, Fridays, my working time is four, but I'm a working man. So it, sometimes it changes, but, um, it always, I always update that updated if that's the case, but we uh, schedule a live stream around four o'clock on Fridays. That's just me talking to the camera and that's me kind of just sharing my, uh, that's, that's more directly talking about porn. Um, right. yeah. and yeah. then, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: And that was your business partner, does a show with you every and he got married to his yes. lovely wife. Okay, so we just gotta make it sure because you gotta That's ask right. now. You you're gotta, right. You gotta, I'm okay. married
2: okay. to a you're woman married. with a son. He yeah. married a different woman. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> he's one my day, business partner. <laughs> he's your business partner. Okay. Because
1: people watching this tape are going, Who's the hell got on the show again? You, you
2: know, know I, get, I get like I I like I found myself saying business partner every time. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about yeah. that. That like that could totally be yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he and I own our marketing company together and then we also own, well that marketing company owns over TV. Um, but then, so we're going to be launching Overt magazine. So Overtmagazine.com will be the website and that's going to be, um, blog posts, basically stories, articles, things like that, just on Catholic living. But it's really going to be focused for young people around the relationship between men and women, like what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, how to flourish in that, in your, you know, in your sex that God gave you and especially in relation to the other sex and then also just holiness things like that how to live in this crazy world that we find ourselves um yeah so that's that's pretty much it um you can support us on patreon we have a patreon page um but really honestly i don't like i don't really care about money like i really just want more people involved so like if you if you're watching this and you're a young person and you're looking like we do our show at nine o'clock because we want that to pop up live. And for you to stop watching whatever stupid thing you're watching and, and watch us instead, even if it's not to watch us, but just to engage with the other Catholic young people that are on the, that are on the chat. I mean, we've had people literally ask us, can you guys start a website like Catholic match? Because there's a very specific person that watches our stuff. And they're like, Hey, you guys are speaking truth. We, we want to be with people like you. And like, we're young people. And all the guys are like, all the girls that I know are crazy. And all the girls are like, all the guys that I know are pathetic weaklings. And like, you know, there's right. So it's like, so I I told people in the chat one time, I was like, okay, well two, one guy and one girl just both said that. So I don't know where you guys live, but like get a hold of each other. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's the community we're trying to build. If you're dealing with porn addiction, start tuning in. You can follow us on Facebook at over TV. You can follow us on YouTube at over TV. Um, but we're just trying to build a community. So if you can subscribe, if you can show up a couple of times, if you can participate in the community, email us at overtnetwork.com if you have any ideas for shows. If you have any questions, we love answering questions. We're trying to make the shows more engaging and more like, um, you know, audience driven um, because really Patrick and I don't care about the, sh- like we don't care about any of this <laughs> except so much as we can help young people to stop being nihilists who want to kill themselves. And unfortunately that's as much a reality for the Catholic population as it is for the rest of the world at large so uh that's just what we're doing
1: all right well okay since you don't need the money you can send the money to the fiat (laughs) ministry network (laughs) and uh you know we'll take it if you've got the money and
2: you feel led you know share it we can do stuff with it but it's not about the money god will god provides He'll give us what we need yeah
1: Yeah, money for me i've always learned through fulton sheen is that he had millions go through his hands millions and he would always say when he would uh, be receive money and then give it to the poor, or use it in ministry. He'd say, I'm not giving you the money, but someone else gave me the money to use in this ministry. So uh, money has to be used in God's plan and um, know that, hey, if you feel it on your heart to give to the fiat ministry network or to the overt network, um, trust that the Lord will see that the money gets to the right people and the resources uh, that are needed. So uh, thank you to everyone. And um, so again, Keep us in your prayers, especially, and keep John in your prayers. And so yes. uh, speaking of praying, we always pray to uh, uh, for the intercession of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen uh, to uh, help so many of our different uh, endeavors. And so today we'll pray for uh, your apostolic work, John. And so I'd Thank ask everybody to join us in prayer. And uh, my producer, Kent Kowalski, will bring Fulton Sheen up on the screen. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor we now request through his prayerful intercession. And here we pray for uh, John's ministry and for the Overt Network and uh, for the community that he's trying to uh, build uh, through Uh, this discussion. And we make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, John, I like your tip about starting at nine o'clock. We've always started at nine o'clock so people can uh, tune <laughs> and watch us. So uh, again, uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes below and uh, of course share uh, the good news that someone is talking about this issue. Someone is providing um, opportunities to have a conversation and that we, do need to it is the fight of our life for many of us and uh, again heaven is built on a hill we have to climb and we have to work on our stuff and so uh, with God's help we'll do that so John thanks for joining us and um, again um, we'll give you the last word John oh
2: <laughs> well thank you everybody for watching um, support Alan and what he's doing he's a great guy um, for anybody who's watching who's who any of what I've said about the you know the porn addiction side of things has resonated with just the, the one thing that I think, can't be said enough is that uh, is that the real um, the real goal of all of this stuff is to is to heal your relationship with God. It's to heal um, the way you see God. So if you find yourself in a position where you don't believe that you are loved, you don't believe that you deserve to stop looking at porn, to have your life back, to be healed from this, that's where you need to start. Right? Um, you know, we have a saying on our sh- on our show, which is, you know, you you want to see who God sees when you look in the mirror, right? You. Can't like you don't get to decide who God is, right? You have to find out who God is, and if you see God incorrectly, that's driving a lot of problems. So that's where I tell everybody to get started. You know, if this, if any of this has resonated with you, if you're trying to figure out where to get started, start asking God, Who are you, and listen to the response?
1: Yes, amen to that. And uh, we all have to choose our loves, and so let us uh, choose the higher loves of our Lord, the Blessed Mother, the saints. We're in good company. So everyone until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. Stay hungry, stay holy, and we'll see you next week on Hungry For More. God love you.
0: Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.